Hello, it's Monday morning or Monday afternoon if you're not from the Wild West and that can only mean one thing, it's another episode of the Offensive Zone show. Uh, joining me as always are my hockey heroes, so today I'm joined by JP and Max. Uh, welcome gentlemen. Hey guys, how you doing? Hey guys. Good to hear from you both. Um, now we've got an absolute chocker of an episode today and this is a what I would like to class as a, as a Max special because we're going to be delving into dissecting criticizing uh we may even solve some of their problems but that's gonna we're going to take a complete deep dive into the montreal canadians and 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 everything that's been going on um we're going to cover our news like always um but well i want to say before we kick start the episode and it's rare for us to do this um but as as you know max was off uh, last week so he wasn't on the episode last week and that was because he was uh battling covid uh, and and max that you can you can tell the listeners better than i can yeah. but it was it was a pretty tough time wasn't it yeah yeah a really tough time to be honest and uh, i'm just 20 years old and i'm still recovering from it and you know i'm double vaccinated so i can't really imagine how could it be if i wasn't if i wasn't well vaccinated to be honest yeah, 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 exactly. And I think it's easy when we start to see it come back into hockey and teams get shut down because of it, it's easy for people to forget um, about it. But, you know, and I know people have their opinions on the vaccinations, whether they're a good or a bad thing. But as you, when you see someone like Max and Max just saying the fact that he's 20, I can I can hear both myself and JP groaning at the same time. It's, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. But to hear somebody of that age, like, you know, without saying... Uh, putting you in a, in a typecast here, Max. But you are you are everything that is supposed to be virtually, you know, not immune. But you're supposed to be everything that not to not to worry about the the you know the the virus. You know, you're young. You've got no pre existing health conditions. All the ticks in the boxes. Yeah, you know, and I, I do sports on a daily. So yeah, I, I'm a I'm in shape. I'm in shape. So I don't really. I, I don't. I, di- I didn't thought I had any problems with it. But uh, as as it was going. Uh, Breeding was really hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, scary, mate. It's scary. It was scary when you when you when you told us all that. You obviously, you, you know, you're having to use a ventilator and stuff. I mean, it's it's scary to hear that. Obviously, for someone that we uh, that we we know and we care about. But um, for those people that are on the fence about vaccinations, seriously, guys, look this this hasn't gone away, and this is somebody very close to Europe telling you that there are other things out there as well. So. It's very rare for me to get too politicized on this podcast, but you know, just just do it. <laughs> you know, just don't messing about and just do yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. This whole like it's my body, it's my choice thing. You're like, yeah, but you, is it worth? Is it worth? Is it worth that? You know. So yeah. you could say the same with malaria, but people don't seem to take that risk. <laughs> right. Anyway, so um, <laughs> so with that, presuming this does work now, when I press this button, if it doesn't, we're going to have to get JP to sing. The news, but we have got news. We have got news. So let's kick start with some news. It did work. There you go. So you didn't have to sing it, JP. So I'm not quite sure whether I prefer your version or or, or that version. All right. I can always keep a solo in my hip pocket. I'll uh, I'll bring it out at yeah. a convenient time. You know. Next, next yeah, time we, we next just time. can't we can't afford the royalties, mate. If you start singing it, it's yeah. going to bankrupt <laughs> that's us. True, so. That's true. We'll, we'll have to watch the budget, but <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Well, look, we we started on such a serious note, but we, so we will try and liven up the news a little bit. But this seems to always happen to us, and um, this is where you can't hear a violin in the background, but I am playing it. There, every time we record on a Sunday night, uh, and it is Sunday night for for me in the UK. This is eight PM while we're recording. Uh, I know it's earlier, obviously, for for Max, and and even earlier still uh, for JP, but. But it's it's Sunday. Sunday's supposed to be obviously fun day, but it's also supposed to be a quiet day. <laughs> so we record on a Sunday, and then every time we finish and we wrap it up, we go our separate ways. You know, I get my pajamas on, I get my hot cocoa and everything ready, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and then suddenly the NHL world spins off its axis into some sort of multiverse Marvel level of madness. And and then it's too late for us to do anything about yeah. it. So it's, always, it's always right it after we record. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It happened with Eichel and Eichel's trade, and now it's happened again. So look, the biggest news story of the week happened last week, and, and that was the, the Canadians fired their GM Mark Bergevin. Um, you know, we're not going to go into big details now so i'm going to make you wait that little bit longer max until you can get your six penis it's uh, all right ooh. it's all right i i have it, I have it all already in front of me <laughs> <laughs> i just you know, I'd hold back the tears while you're going through it but it was the biggest news story of the week that much is definitely to be said post sacking we obviously saw uh the rangers xgm jeff gorton come in uh, he was. He, correct me if I'm wrong here, Max. The president of hockey operations is his job title. Uh, yeah, it's, he's a VP, so it's um, VP. Yeah. yeah. And there you go. Very nice. He got his own parking spot and everything. Um. So it looks like he's come in, and his job is pretty much his 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 remit is 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 kind of twofold: steady the ship, um, whilst it's currently crashing into every iceberg in the sea, <laughs> and then find a suitable candidate as the next GM. Although he has said it won't be this side of Christmas. He said it won't be before the New Year is what he said. Um, and uh, there was a lovely article that said that Gorton, everything Gorton's saying is going down so well. And I thought, well, of course it is because he's he's the new guy, right? And I know I've, I've moved around enough in jobs to know when you're the new guy coming in, it's fine because everything that was wrong was the old guy's fault. <laughs> and everything that goes right, whether you did it or not, it's irrelevant. It's you. It's just the honeymoon period. Exactly. Yeah. So what we're going to say is we're going to put, park that. We'll put it on ice, uh, and uh, and we will we will come back to that as part of our the main part of this podcast. So we'll, we'll move on to the next piece of news. Um, the next piece of news, and I really wish I had like some media thing for for because his name just just lends itself to to that. But Igor Shosturkin, and I tried to find some like Igor media sound effect, but I I failed. Um, he left the Rangers game against the Sharks. We've said it's well. They've said it's a lower body injury. Um, he's on IR. Luckily, over the last twenty four hours, it's come out and said that he's only going to be out for a week. Um, but obviously, that's not great for the Rangers. They have looked really good this season, but a big part of that is uh, you've got Shesterkin and his performances in net. So, um, lucky escape that it isn't longer. Sticking with the uh, physio room. Uh, and if Tyler was here, he'd know this guy all too well. But ex-Tampa forward Tyler Johnson will be out for three months as he's off to have neck surgery, uh, which took place last Friday. So he's had the surgery, um, but he's going to be off for three months. And 
adding to the king's misery. And don't worry, JP, I'm not going to play the media thing for him because uh, <laughs> I know how much you love it. <laughs> Murphy was placed into concussion uh, concussion protocol, if I can put my dentures in. Uh, so two big losses for the Blackhawks, which is uh, which is going to hurt their comeback somewhat. And this is one that I wanted to get your opinions on this. Uh, obviously, we don't do it with all the news pieces, but this is one where it's more opinion than, than anything else. But apparently, goalies are making more saves than ever before. So NHL.com has done a piece where they have um, worked out, essentially, that all the NHL goalies, so if you took all of the starters and all the backups and collectively added them together and compared that to previous seasons, that at present they're on pace for their highest collective save percentage in 20 seasons. Uh, reasons for this, apparently, according to NHL.com, are an increased number of shots in game and tighter, more effective defensive systems. Although, having said that, not apparently <laughs> for the Coyotes. <laughs> it depends, <laughs> but, yeah. It uh, depends on who some, you are. <laughs> But I mean, like, so apparently the goalies are saving more than ever. Do you think the goalies have got better? Do you think there's something around um, the fact that it's a far more coached position than it has been in years gone by? I mean, I'm talking quite a few years ago. We've got 20 seasons here, but I, I'm not. I'm not sure it's as simple as just there's more shots. You know, with the, the save percentage going up. Yeah, I'm sure it's and it, it's interesting. I hadn't I hadn't actually read the article, but um, it's I'm sure it's a complex. Um, influence of a, a number of different factors you know that being said historically in sports somehow humans just seem to gradually get better and faster and right over the yep. years like the 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 skill sets in most athletics it's kind of incredible right it's like if you look at olympic records they're, they're mm -hmm. always getting broken right so all of a sudden humans are capable of running faster than they were right it's like if if you break a sprint record or whatever and this happens over and over and over again so it's fascinating yeah. with sports they're always managing to tweak performance they're always managing to get a little better they're always managing to learn more about how to do it better and and so i i certainly think it's possible like you said it's a more coached position um you know we've got all the stats and analytics you know like you said too it could also be a shift in Certainly that could be part of it, a shift in the tactics being used by like, maybe that's hot this year. That's the trend, right? Everybody's like, just shoot a lot, put a lot of pucks on net. But if you're putting a lot of pucks on net and they're not quality shots, then you're obviously you're handing the goalie a better save percentage, right? So, um, mm. I, I'm curious how big the difference is, you know what I mean? Like if it's, if it's a marginal difference, then it could just be, um, what's the word, like an anomaly, right? But it's obviously significant enough that they wrote an article about it. So uh, it's pretty fascinating though, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I don't know the the difference between like this season and the other kind of 90 or the other 20 seasons. Mm -hmm. um, but I think one of the one of the things that I was surprised that NHL.com didn't go into um, in terms of the article itself, and that was around the whole shift from back up to 1A, 1B. I don't think that can be understated as one of the reasons why the save percentage collectively has gone up. Mm. It's because no longer do you have your kind of starter and then the backup is just some guy that shoves pads on, you know, three or four games a year. Like they used to, when you've seen in with Brossoir and, 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 and Leonard in Vegas, it, it is a proper 1A, 1B. Uh, even if you've got an out-and-out -out starter, 
like you've got with Lerner, they'll still play, you know, two and one or something like that, which has got to affect the numbers somehow. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would say so. I mean, it's and, and there's it's also possible, like you said, there are more there are more quality goal, goalies out there, right? And so um, the the number of great goalies maybe is higher than it used to be, um, and right, and and even if those goalies aren't technically starters, yeah, they're just playing a lot more games than they used to, which would bring the average up, right? It used to be the the backup guy was nowhere near as good, and <laughs> his his percentage contributes to the league average as well, right? So when he comes in, he brings it down, but uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be willing to bet it's a kind of a slow trending on, on a number of kind of fronts that's uh, creating that. But it's pretty cool, right? That the skills are higher and the quality is higher. It's fun yeah. to watch. Yep. Yeah, and, and if anybody from uh, EA Sports is listening to this podcast, can you just make note there that the goalie safe percentages are going up? So we, we don't, we don't, yeah, maybe, maybe you can fax that into the game somewhere. It'd be nice. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, give us, give us a stick oh, out. It's been at least twenty four hours since I've since I've beaten the air over the head with a stick. So, um, right, so keeping with goalies, uh, Subban was traded to Buffalo, and no, that's that's Malcolm Subban, not PK. Before people uh, think that we're breaking some sort of immense news here, <laughs> we're not. Um, for future considerations, which uh, is the hockey or the the real equivalent of what future considerations stand for is. All because that is basically what future <laughs> considerations are. It's, it's saying I I kind of don't want this guy anymore. I'm willing to give him to you. I can't give him to you for nothing because it's a trade, and therefore you have to kind of give me something back. So how about we just say future considerations uh, because yeah, it yeah, means yeah. nothing. Yeah. Um, so, but I think it's, look for for Malcolm, this is a great move. I mean, this is a goalie who was taken the first round in 2012. Yep, a first round goalie pick by Boston uh, and. He hasn't really ever broken into the NHL and even his time in Chicago, he's never really looked like he was going to make it. So I think it's a good move for Chicago to to move him, um, just to allow him to to see what he can do but in Buffalo. And um, for Buffalo it makes sense because they're you know, they are still very much in that rebuild. Uh, that's the good news. So the bad news then. So you've got the Islanders falling to a 10-game losing streak as they fell to another loss on Saturday night. So that means that the Isles, since the 6th of November, are 0-8-2. That's <laughs> bizarre. I did not expect that. Yeah, that's bad. That is bad. And uh, yeah, it's stats like that that, you know, wowzers. We, we we haven't really talked about it as well. I mean, like Islanders have been like quietly crap. Like no one's really been kind of rattling the cages. Like, there's been no talk of the GM being sacked, and no talk of the coach being sacked. But like their season is is very quickly um, it's in danger. disappearing. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, especially for a team that's been so good, right? I mean, gosh, they've been in the conference finals at least a couple times the last two or three years, maybe three. I can't, they, they go deep though. Yeah. Right. So two years in a row. Yeah. It's bizarre. And it just make like, it makes no sense. You look at their goalie tandem. They've got two fantastic goalies, both with pretty good save percentages. <laughs> surprise, surprise, given the league average, but, uh, in, uh, Sorokin and, and, um, Valamov, but, uh, and they're a stacked, stacked team which was killing it last year. Uh, just something obviously isn't clicking and there's maybe a bit of puck luck in there as well. But, you know, 10-game losing streak 
that doesn't happen by accident. So that's yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's weird, especially in a tr- it's trots, right? C- coaching that team, Barry Trots. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he usually is pretty solid. You, you never know. There's the, you never know what's going on, but uh, mm-hmm. definitely a, that's one of the bigger surprises of the season for me so far. So it is, it is. Um, so oh dear, never mind. Uh, so, <laughs> it's bad enough when you're on a losing streak and. You know, you may be an Arizona or a Buffalo fan. You kind of know what you expect. But if you're an Isles fan this year, moving into, you know, the new home and all that kind of stuff, this is really putting a bit of a, uh, a downer on it all, which, uh, you know, ouch. Um, so teams that are looking a little hotter than the Islanders, uh, the Minnesota Wild are looking pretty, pretty toasty right now. Uh, so they've made six consecutive wins, uh, beating everyone's favorite Canadian team, the Toronto Maple Leafs, in a 4-3 in a shootout. I think that was Saturday night, if I, if I remember rightly. Yeah, pretty uh, well again. May mm. well, the Wild are looking good. Right? They're looking really good. And there was another team that surprised me, keeping with the uh, consecutive wins update here. So the Red Wings, uh, who obviously beat Kraken the other night uh, in the... Uh, skills competition uh they they won to make it five games in a row unbeaten so that's that's fantastic i I, I mean as much as i didn't like to see them beat the kraken i mean it's like you know i said about it before i I, it's nice to see detroit have something to to feel good about you know it's a team that's been for a lot it's a very different detroit than we've been seeing for the last few seasons no doubt about that i mean they're Mm. turning a corner for sure Mm. No, exactly. And, and you know, teams like the Islanders are going to drop out of playoff contention. You never know. Detroit could uh, could be a sneaky wildcard team. Yeah, you never know. at this rate. Yeah, definitely. And it, it, it will only get better. It will only get better. They, they have really good prospects. And uh, Lucas Raymond is really, he's, 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 a, he's really a surprise. I, he I is mean, shocking, yeah, man. He is I, good. I mean, I, I thought he was pretty good and he, he was going to have a good impact on the team, but He's the best scorer of the team, and he's, he's, he's just amazing. He's just leading the team in every single aspect mm-hmm. of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's serious. is surprising. So, um, yeah, Lucas Raymond as well. Just what a, he, He's one of those guys where he didn't come straight into the league, you know, on the year that he was drafted. He, he obviously, you know, a couple of years, and then he came in, and he looks the real deal. Um, sticking with goal machines, so Avechkin... Uh, he scored his 20th goal of the season last night in the win over Columbus. So that's 20 goals already for the season. He is catching up with Yaga uh, pretty quick. And uh, I know that the Washington Capitals posted this uh, picture, I think it was on Twitter or Instagram, of this things look closer than they appear in the rear rear, <laughs> rear mirror picture yeah, with so. a Vetchkin behind, <laughs> behind him. But um, <laughs> it's... You know, like he, like, I don't know, man. Like every, every 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 year he gets older, he just looks better and better. Like it's just, it's just crazy. So it's, yeah, it's nuts, um, isn't it? He's a freak of nature. Mm-hmm. He is. Uh, and then, unfortunately, Tyler obviously isn't on this podcast today, but he must have been happy to see Kucherov skating with the Lightning for the first time since his surgery. He was expected to be out for eight to ten weeks after he sustained a lower body injury in October. Um, but it wasn't contact skating, obviously. He had he had his different colored jersey on, but he was on the ice. Um, and that's a seriously good sign for any 
Tampa Bay Lightning fans out there. Uh, they're obviously missing him somewhat, even though the results <laughs> don't look like it. But that's because they're just so damn good. Ottawa Senators uh, have been had quite a lot of heat on them recently. Uh, the GM, Dorian, has uh, recently come out and said that regardless of the fact that the Senators have had a slow start, although they did win on Saturday night uh, in overtime, I think it was, with Tuchuk scoring, uh, he has said that he won't be looking to make any trades despite the Senators' slow start. So it looks like there's no rebuild button being pressed in Ottawa probably similar to what Detroit are doing. The Sens are now just sitting with the group of players they've got and kind of seeing what the kids can do. Max, I don't know if there's anything you saw from your side on, on Ottawa. Or do, you, have you, do you think they're moving in the right direction or still a way to go? I do think they are moving in the right direction because you know they, they are just looking forward to build with this with the core that they have right now with Kitschuk, uh, Studsley, and uh, um, Connor Brown. Uh, Josh Norris and all those guys mm-hmm. because you know it, it will it will get better because these guys are growing and since they have a good role and uh, an, an important role in the in the team these guys are growing much faster than they would than it would usually be so mm-hmm. honestly I do think they are in the right direction uh, fans need to be patient <laughs> yeah and uh, it, it, it will uh, it will come up to something great I think yeah, yeah. I, I will remind you of the fans need to be patient in uh, in about five minutes when we talk about <laughs> Canadians. Um, but look, unless I've missed anything off this week or unless something's going to happen on a Sunday night about three minutes after we finish recording the podcast, <laughs> that is our news. There we go. Well, we did we did this last week. We're going to do it again. A quick roundup of the teams. Obviously, we will save the Canadians because of the uh, the deep dive we're doing in a minute. But JP got to be happy uh, with Vegas again. Another another week gone. Um, not a perfect week, um, but a pretty productive one for you guys. And, and obviously, <laughs> it's always good to score seven goals in a game. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, had a couple losses there, right? The, they lost to Edmonton and then lost mm. to uh, Anaheim as well, which <clears throat> that stings a little. Those are important divisional matchups, right? With two teams that are in playoff spots. But um, but yeah, absolutely spanked Arizona. Um, I mean, just, you know, I don't want to get too excited about that. Obviously, Arizona has the worst win percentage in the in the league, but it was good patches. Um, we call them patches. Obviously patch already is, uh, really heating up and that's always a good thing. So you try to keep an eye on trends and, um, he's really starting to score a lot and, uh, and you know, we've been missing that. And so, um, it's an encouraging sign, you know, going deeper into the season here. Um, you know, the Knights are hanging right in there. Um, obviously with a, Yesterday's games, I don't know if this changed, but they're hanging right in their wild card spot still. So, um, yeah, so far, considering how rough it's been this season and the team's getting healthier, um, so far, so good. I'll take it, you know. Let me have a quick look, see if you are still um, it's just out the wild card spot right now. Did they get bumped? So yeah, probably got, from yesterday's games. Um, yeah. 26 points, mm-hmm. which is exactly the same as Dallas and Columbus, who are who are of kind of above you yeah. in quotations. So they're still right in there, you know, and it's, um, I think considering 
how things have gone, I think they can be happy to be right. It would have been nice to to bag one win against either Edmonton or Anaheim. Like you know, those divisional games matter a lot, but um, mm. but they're not. They, I think they'll be okay. And and the offense is really starting to heat up. So um, yeah, so far so good. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just similar sentiments from a from a Kraken perspective. Obviously, yeah, we, we beat the Oilers, which was that was nice. That was a it was a, it was a tough and it was one of those games where. Um, Edmonton threw everything at us. I, mean, we, I, I know I said this on the previous podcast, but we are starting to look like that team that I expected Kraken to be, which is just that kind of pain in the ass team who uh, who's who's just tough to play against because they had chances. They had chances to kill that game off, and if it wasn't for a tip shot from McDavid, that probably would have finished four two rather than four three, and mm-hmm. and been a close one. So. I yeah, it's uh, it's starting to come together, which is nice. The Detroit loss was a bit of a stinker, but um, it wasn't a bad game from a Kraken perspective. It was just come across a hot team, and we had quite a few players out, so we've, we've had a few injuries as well, which is it's tough because that's where you really notice the Kraken does doesn't really have a lot of depth, right? Especially if we lose a couple of forwards, and you start to see, um, you know, the the kind of AHL guys creeping in and and like Johansson's played great but when you see him on the top six you think oh okay yeah that kind of shows uh, maybe yeah (laughs) yeah, maybe not that much depth in there so uh, but hey we're not we're not on a 10 game losing streak so I've got to take solace in in that we're also one place higher in the standings which I I didn't realize until I looked for you there JP and Kraken are now seventh in the Pacific, yeah. oh, sorry, seventh in the um, uh, wildcard race. Yeah. So in our division, they are still seventh. Okay. Um, but what that means in the wildcard race is that we are above Chicago, Vancouver, and Arizona now. So it's, I mean, look, if, if they, it's hard to say, if they keep playing at this pace, they, they will creep back in. I mean, they're, they're winning a lot. <laughs> I mean, that's, Dope. that's a lot to play at that pace for the rest of the season, but it's been an impressive little, uh, little surge of wins here. So it's, I'm g- glad to see him finding their stride, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to stay, we'll see when we interview Gordon, how, um, how, how, whether all Kraken fans are as pessimistic as I am, but <laughs> um, the, I, I just, as long as we're doing the right things, as long as we look like we're in games and we're playing the system, the way Haskell wants to play it, I'm happy for us not to make the playoffs. I think it's all about draft yeah, quality yeah, yeah. now. It's yeah. not about what we can do with what we have on day one. Yeah. Um, but you also don't want to get spanked every night because that's just crap for the fan base. So yeah. wins like Edmonton are really, really important. Really, really important. So. Well, and it shows they can hang, right? I mean, against Edmonton, that's that's a seriously good team. So yeah, they're doing mm. the right things, I think. Yeah. And like when you're watching the game, every time you see that first line, that top line, a dry sidle, um, Puyavi and, and McDavid come on the ice. You think, oh god, like are they back out again? Yeah, like, makes you nervous, just... right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, scary stuff. So we said we were going to do this, and we are. We discussed at the beginning of the show that Marky B, uh, Mister Virgin, Mister Muscles is out of the building, uh, and the Canadians now have to find a new GM. Um, I was going to say and head coach, but obviously they still have their head coach, but you know, never know. Um, but <laughs> for now, and we're, we're going to get your thoughts on that as well, uh, Max. But for now, 
it's it's all about what uh, what Jeff can do. Jeff Gordon has obviously come in. He's currently ship steadying, but he will he'll undoubtedly his his job is to find the new uh, GM. As we record this, just to add misery before we get uh, Max's thoughts, the Canadians' record is six, seventeen, and two. They have fourteen points. They are seventh in the Atlantic Division. Last game, I presume this was last night. So please correct me if, it's, if if I'm wrong here, Max. But they lost to Columbus four one. Uh, um, no, it, it was uh, was Nashville. that Friday. Oh, Nashville was like I, I, I was lost as well, Nashville wasn't it? Because that was Forsberg's. Um, he got he got the winner, didn't he? Um, which I think I saw somewhere. So the, the goals for is you are twenty seventh in the league, and the goals against you are thirty first in the league. So thirty one out of thirty two. Uh, power play percentage currently is 12.99. These numbers obviously were pre the Nashville game. Uh, the league average is 19.45% and the PK percent, percentage is 69.33, so 69%. The average is 81 or 80.55%. And the combined save percentage, just to finish off the trio of crap, is uh, 0.893. So in a year where the NHL is seeing its highest save percentages ever, the Canadians have a combined save percentage of 8.93. So Max, we talked about it beforehand. We want to come to you first on this. This is your team. This is a subject that you're not only passionate about, but you spend a lot of time working on. This is your your job as well, of course. Um, So let's start with the obvious question. What's you know what's gone wrong in Montreal? How's it how's it come to this? What's going wrong? All right, Th- this is a pretty hard question because a lot of people are asking themselves this question, and there is no answer that is coming in. At the beginning of the season, we really thought uh, we had team that was ready to make it back to the playoffs and contend again. Uh, but like once again, Shea Weber, Carey Price, Joel Edmondson. They are all absent and they are such huge pieces of the team. So in my opinion, it doesn't help us at all. Um, But it seems like we're really rotten to the core right now. The the whole whole squad, uh, the veterans, uh, like guys like Jeff Petrie. Jeff Petrie is having his worst season since he's in Montreal. (laughs) And he's 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 your vet and he's your your, uh, number one defenseman right now Mm -hmm. but he's playing so bad that a lot of people thought maybe we we can send him uh, just go watch the game in the uh, in the the press conference room because it it was really it was it's it's really bad it's like they they are not passionate about uh, about the team and a lot of people were um, even Bergevin said it's kind of a uh, last year is hangover because you know we made it to the play to the Stanley Cup playoffs and it's it, it feels like um, the fact that they lost in the in the finals it has a weight on the team right now so yeah honestly the first thing that they have to do is um, the the administration I know like guys like uh, Timmins guys like Bergevin. Uh, I, I liked Bergevin a lot, but mm-hmm. I feel like it, it was much needed to have another uh, perspective uh, going to a rebuild. Because, yeah, 
I, I wasn't I wasn't gonna say this um, at the beginning of the season, but yes, we do need to push the the rebuild button seriously. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's to a point where um, we do have great players, we do have great vets, we do have already young prospects coming in, but uh, it's not that deep. And I, I will just take you back, uh, t- take you guys back to the um, 2014 and to the 2015 season. All right. Okay, so I, I will just take about, talk about Carey Price a little bit. Um, um, for me, the Canadians in the past 10 years, okay, mm-hmm. they, they did have some great teams. They, they do have so, some complete teams. But once again, it was really built around Carey Price. It was really built around Carey Price and the fact that it was really taking over games and literally winning games by himself. All right. Mm. So if you look at the 2014 and 2015 season, in 66 games, he had a goal average against of 1.96 and a save percentage of 93%. All right. So this is this is the year where he won everything. He won the Art Trophy, the Jennings, the, the, the Ted Lindsay, and the Vezina. Mm-hmm. So, and then you go to the to- 2015 and 2016 season. All right. Um, I, I remember they had like um, 10, to, I, I think like eight or nine game win streak by the beginning of the season. And then Price got injured. And this is where, this is where my point is, is Canadians would have been worse if it, if it wasn't there. So for the, for the past 10 years, we've been drafting at like 15, 20th, uh, maybe like 2015 uh, to 25th at sometimes, mm. but we we didn't have top picks except like uh, Mikhail Sergachev, Kotkaniemi, uh, and Galchenyuk. And this is another point. Our draft have been so terrible in the last years, except especially or 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 top picks like the Kotkaniemi the Kotkaniemi pick. I can talk a lot about it because. Ketchuk was drafted right before, uh, right after him, and Queen Hughes was drafted right after him. And f- as for Galchenyuk, Philip Forsberg was available, and Tervotoravainen was available. So this is this is a lot of um, uh, what if, but the draft have been so terrible, and yeah. I'm so happy that Timmins is out. <laughs> yeah, it's, so. it's that it's that not on on Bergevin though. I mean, obviously he. The book kind of stops with him, doesn't it? As GM, I, I know that there's, that you know, they all have their own roles within the organization, and you'll have a, a what in, in UK terms would be classed as like a chief scout, but in hockey terms, it will be the guy that does the draft. It could well be the assistant GM, could be a member of the team, but like it's, uh, Bergevin is signing off these picks, right? He's like, you know, I mean, I don't know if he was there for all of them, but he was obviously there for Cotton Yemi, wasn't he? So, yep. um, and, and like you said that, I mean, Cotton Yemi looks, it looks, it's a, it's a, like a best of a bad job because the pick wasn't a great pick. It was a wasted pick. Like you said, Quinn Hughes, obviously the obvious candidate, but there was others below him that were taken straight afterwards. You mentioned to Chuck as well. Um, and then, it's kind of been turned a little bit better because I think you getting the picks that, that the um, Hurricanes had to give you has kind of 
made it not such a bad pick now because Kotanyemi is not looking like a six million pound player in 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 Carolina, um, and and it it's but pressing the rebuild button on on Montreal. I mean, I've just I've got their kind of team up now. You've got a lot of UFAs, no real big names, but quite a lot of the team is signed up longer term. Now they haven't got no trade clauses or no movement clauses. So you can trade, you know, you could trade Mike Hoffman, you could trade Christian Dvorak, you could trade Tyler Tafoli, you could trade Joel Armia. Uh, and Joel Armia, that's another one where I like uh, it's one of those contracts that just hurts to look at it. He's yeah. got four years left, okay, where he's in his fourth of four. So he's got three years left after this year. Three point four million is the cap hit. Of Joel Armia's contract, I mean, that's and he's, just he's, horrific. He's basically a fourth liner. He's, that's he's what I mean. Yeah, fourth liner. So yeah. yeah, and they got the Byron contract too. For, for Bergevin was mm. good. He had a lot of great moves, but in terms of contract, it was it was not good. We, I, I you remember the the Subban contract and all, all those stuff. It was really, uh, he's kind of giving like some big deals. Um, before the players is even proving anything that mm-hmm. is worth the contract, like j- just the Nick Suzuki contract. Okay, I, I understand this kind of uh, like a yacht movement that the, the 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 young guys in the league, the young guns, are asking for a lot of money. But Nick Suzuki hasn't proven to be a seven million player yet, and yet he's, he's having that contract right now. And um, the thing that I hate with these contracts is that you know they receive the money and. They, they haven't proved anything, so they will kind of sit back on this money and just not, not progress like they, like, like they could be. Yeah, I agree, mate. I agree. And, and, and he's on this season. He's got 16 points in 26 games, which if you compare that to you know, we, only the other day, we were saying how poor Elias Pedersen's season is. And that's like Elias Pedersen's got better point Per, no, he's not point per game, but he's got a better point percentage than Nick Suzuki has. Uh, and at least, I guess, from the Canucks' perspective, it's only a three-year deal. Whereas this, like you said, is is the full, you know, almost eight and eight. You know, so it's 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 a big contract. And then you, Jeff Petrie's obviously got a modified no trade clause. He's six point two million until he's thirty-seven. You know, Savard, okay, again, he doesn't have a no trade clause, but it's three and a half million. It tries so to press the rebuild button is pretty tough. It's going to be for the really Canadians. Tough, and I didn't yeah. realize you don't have your first round pick either this year. Um, uh, yeah, we, I, I think we do, but it's kind of uh, with the Arizona. Um, it's it's kind of the, the if we get the worst, I, I, I don't remember, but I think we, we do get the worst. Ah, uh, here you go. Yeah, yeah. So it's got yeah. it's a conditional first round pick, good old yeah, yeah, conditional, yeah. and it says the better of Montreal and, and, and the Carolinas, twenty twenty a uh, twenty twenty two first round pick, um, but if either or both of the our top ten picks, which isn't going to happen, then Montreal will instead transfer Arizona the worst of the two so essentially if you get a top 10 pick which let's be honest you probably will yeah then you'll trade carolina's first round pick to arizona not yours so you do still have yours that's 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 good that's better than what i originally i originally thought yep. um 
So if, if, if you were, I'm going to hop around the questions that I have for you, Max, but if you were Montreal Canadiens GM, okay, so it's just, you know, they've gone completely left field, they've rang you up, they've said, right, look, we, we heard you on the Offensive Zone show, we, we think you know what it's like, we, we think we've got what it takes. Um, and you step into those shoes, like what does that person do for the first six months to, to the team? Kind of look around what is good, what is bad and it's going to be pretty easy because if you look at the game uh, I, I think they they um so someone posted a picture of uh, jeff gordon uh, at his first montreal canadian game and he uh, he, he looked really deceived <laughs> and you know it's yeah, kind yeah. of um he, he was wondering like what am i doing here <laughs> but yeah um <laughs> to be honest it's it's kind of just looking what is good what is bad and just try to keep the good because um, there's a lot of big contracts that you it, it it's going to be hard to trade and just I don't know like the guys like you mentioned like Toffoli guys like Armia guys like uh, Savar and those guys maybe they are they aren't needed in the team and they just need to grab some picks grab some uh, prospects and just ship them to teams that are willing to win because it's not going to happen this year. Uh, I cannot see this happen next year too because uh, as Price is getting old uh, and, you know, even Carey Price, even if he's uh, in top three goalie in the NHL right now, in my opinion, uh, if you put him in uh, with this team, he's not going to look that good anyway because th this is all about the defense. This is... Uh, a team that is rotten to the core right now. And they just really need to focus on letting the yacht uh, play and uh, just, you know, trying to aim on a top, top, top five pick or something like that. Mm -hmm. Gordon needs to find someone, a GM that is, that is um, uh, really oriented on the, the drafts. Uh, there's a lot of uh, candidates that are that have been named for the the GM spot, guys like uh, Martin Madden Jr., who's been uh, really great uh, with drafting with the NAM NAM Ducks, mm -hmm. and uh, guys like um, I don't remember his name. Uh, I wrote an article about him uh, this morning, but uh, yes, it's it just just about uh, taking guys that mm -hmm. knows about rebuilding, knows about prospects, and uh, just a good hockey sense in general. Mm. I've got a couple more questions, but I want to get uh, JP's thoughts on on Montreal. I mean, is there anything the obviously you've heard what Max's thoughts are? Is there anything you want to add to that, JP? I mean, at, at the risk of you know beating a dead horse, I know I always say this, but um, it's amazing how quickly the sort of the psychology and the mojo can kind of turn around for a team, and so. Mm -hmm. And, and it's different means to an end, right? Sometimes getting a, a couple of new players or focusing on the youth or bringing in a new VP or a new GM. Sometimes those are the things that can kind of trip that psychology. Not to say that the psychology alone is enough, but clearly anything to sort of lift the morale <laughs> in Montreal is yeah is very welcome and it's it's great it's so weird how delicate a balance that is 
Um, you know, you kind of see it with Seattle, right? Like they've, they've been doing really well the last couple of weeks. And I know that some of that is psychology. Like you win a game or two and, or maybe Seattle sort of removed some of that pressure from themselves. Right. Because, um, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe they're far enough back now that they're like, well, we're, we're probably out of it. So let's just play. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I don't know. And, and maybe last year, like maybe nobody was expecting that out of Montreal. And in some ways they played with no pressure, right? It was like, Mm -hmm. it was all bonus. And they were like, well, what do we got to lose? And so it's such a tenuous, it's such a delicate thing. And I feel like for Montreal too, um, whatever business moves they make, which obviously need, need to be made, but, um, whatever has to happen to sort of trip that, psychology and have it trending in the other direction, kind of that mental attitude. And actually in his interview, um, you know, the new VP, he even kind of alluded to that a little bit, right? Like, um, uh, Gordon is his last name, right? He, um, he even kind of said that a little bit, you know, he was like, I, we got to figure out how to kind of get positivity going again get everybody's mind in sort of a, happier place. And he mentioned, you know, wanting to talk to the players individually and say, what do you think's going on? You know, what are the problems? And, um, yeah, it's a good step in the right direction, right? Somehow you have to get in there and have that, um, that psychological, that mental sort of change in direction as well. And they're symbiotic. So it's not, you can't, you know, you, you can't just say, well, you got to just feel better about it, right? You have to actually sort of take action and yeah. do things. But, um, but for Montreal, I think that, yeah, what, whatever they do, um, you know, ultimately things don't start to click until, until the psychology turns around. And so which comes first, the chicken or the egg, hard to say. And sometimes it can be really hard to get a good mental attitude when, when things just aren't going well on the ice. Right. But, but it's so, it's so apparent, right. And, and, um, you know, I said this before we started recording, just such a, so, so different from where they were, just a few months ago, right? Like it's just crazy mm-hmm. how different that can be, and and I know in Montreal that's such a tough market. Um, we talked about this a little bit on the last episode, so it's got to be hard to like just feel good and play when you're Montreal Canadian and you're losing like this. Like it, whew, it would be very hard to just be like, it's okay, guys, just stay loose. Like we'll be all right, you know. <laughs> like yeah, so, yeah. it's um, you know, and that's the million dollar question. You know, how do you? turn around that attitude and get the players loose and having fun again, which is a big part of, of winning. Right. But, um, yeah, I, that I don't, I don't have the, you know, the magic solution, but obviously they're, they're taking some action and, and trying to kind of spark that, that change now with some, some big moves in management and, you know, it's the right mm-hmm. thing to do, I'd say. Yeah, no, all good points. Um, I just a couple of questions from me and I'm going to direct them at, anyone who wants to answer um so jp feel free to step in max obviously you know these uh these are all still montreal questions but carrie price obviously been through a lot does carrie price stay does uh ducharme does does he stay <laughs> that's a that's a good question right there because you know as for carrie price it, it, I do think it's going to be uh, his choice because 
if they are rebuilding, you know, Carey Price uh, is basically uh, not at the end of his career, but is is really close to to the end of his career, and um, it's 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 going to be pretty sad to see like just a guy that I've gave it that I gave so much to the organization just be there for the last year and just lose, 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 lose. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I said earlier, um, he's kind of been everything for us uh, in the in the past couple of years. And just the fact that he's literally taking over games to help us win, uh, it's not going to help us to rebuild. And I do think the Montreal Canadiens will need to, like, maybe trade him for something good before he starts getting older. Uh, but once again, he has such a massive contract and I don't know I don't know how they can trade this because yeah, yeah this 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 is too too big of a contract. And um yeah, on on my personal opinion, he's gonna stay because of his contract and how much he contributed to the Montreal Canadian and how he's committed to the city of Montreal. But I don't think it would be uh, a fair choice i think he would need to go to like a place to like a colorado a place like edmonton something like that mm. but I, I don't think it's gonna go and as for as for Desham, uh 100 he's leaving next year 100 <laughs> like yeah. I, I liked him a lot last year but this year he's getting out coached so much and he's taking so many bad decisions mm-hmm. uh he, was last week we saw guys like Jake Evans and the Archery Lekanen being on the first and second lines. Mm. For me, I just saw this and I was like, "What is he thinking?" Cole Caulfield was playing on the fourth line. For me, it was it was really just okay. He's not he's clearly not the guy that we want for uh, this group. And I I think Gordon said in his uh, interview that it was it was safe for this year, but I I don't think so for next year. Yeah, telling. Um, and then this is these are more proddy questions now to see. Uh, um, not quite. Uh, it, it, uh, it, well, well, I'm just going to say them, and you can see what you think. So uh, I know the Montreal fan, fan base pretty well. Um, they don't hide uh, what they're about. Uh, good and bad, right? Good and bad. Like the Montreal Canadiens fan base has got to be. It's got to have some of the most passionate. Um, fans in hockey um, they love their hockey there is no real other sport <laughs> that matters in comparison to that and they love their habs right and their habs are they, they are when we talked to the other the other podcast a couple of weeks ago about the pressure that um, Canadian um, fans put on their teams or fan bases put on their teams we we obviously touched on Montreal we were talking predominantly about Vancouver but we talked about Montreal as well. Do you think that the Canadian fan base can be patient enough to rebuild? Honestly, honestly, I'm I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be perfectly honest. Uh, I see, uh, you know, since I'm uh, I, I work uh, with Apps Page, mm-hmm. uh, we have a big community, so I look at the comments a lot, and it's it's kind of a 50 percent because a lot of fans are gonna be like. Okay, yeah, we can lose, but we need to be. We need to see an effort in the lose. Like just uh, yesterday's game was yeah. a perfect example. It was a really great game to watch, but we still lost. This is the kind of thing that needs to happen. But many people, they aren't willing to rebuild. They just want to kind of uh, restart the team. 
trade a couple assets, try to make it work it out. But <laughs> it's it's for for me, they need to be patient because you look at teams like uh, Capitals, uh, Blackhawks, Penguins. You know they had their worst years and they they kind of just grabbed a generational player and now they are they have been good and they have been building on them we had Carey price Carey price is at the end of his career so this is a time for us to kind of have uh this th- those bad years and just build on those bad years for the upcoming years mm-hmm. it's f- for me they need to be patient but like your question was more can they be patient <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I know there's a lot of fans that I won't be happy and maybe some will stop watching the games for a couple of years. But yeah, it, I think it was this week. Somebody threw his jersey on the ice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it just shows how not patient they are and just not under, understanding the situation. Can, yeah, I just, just it, it makes me laugh. Maybe this is because I'm British. Um, which, and a shocker for those who listen to the first time. Um, but... And maybe I don't understand. Like, so I ordered my Seattle Kraken jersey from the US. Uh, it cost a hundred and eighty dollars, yeah. I think, something around that mark. I then had to pay for shipping. Uh, I then also had to pay a customs charge, which was a nice little early Christmas present you get from the tax man. It says, oh, by the way, you ship that in from another country. So we're going to sting you like a um a person and uh but anyway so these these jerseys are not cheap so when i see somebody felt in the ice i think man what are you doing you complete tool right for <laughs> two what one no team's gonna see that jersey think man i wasn't playing properly before but now i've seen that him do that man, i've really got to up my game like these players know how crap they are like how this season by the way like they know they know but like the coach surely do charm hasn't been saying, guys, continue to play like we are now. But if someone throws a jersey on the ice, I've had enough. Okay, <laughs> like yeah, I just don't, I don't understand it as a, as a, as a, as a mark of of how much you hate the team. I just, I, I don't get it. It's not understandable at all. And you know, he, he spoke. He was uh, invited to the radio on uh, <laughs> the morning and the next morning, yeah, and yeah. he kind of, uh, he, he kind of told. So them, it worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he kind of, he kind of told the, um, yeah, the radio worker that it was, it was just, um, it, I think it was in the Colorado Avalanche game, and he just said, "What's the point of looking at a team that is effortless?" Yeah, but my question for him is, "What's the point of going to watch a team if you already know they had, a, they're all having a bad season?" Like mm. th- this is my question. You bought a ticket to go watch the game. And then you throw your jersey because they are losing, but you already know this team is having a bad season. Yeah, what are yeah, you expecting? Yeah. I, I mean, I get, it, I get, it, I get it in a sense that even when you're losing games, you want to see your team giving a hundred percent. I get that, um, and I just, I just, uh, I just don't get it. And maybe it's just the accountant and me coming out, but I just, I, I'd be there going, dude, that jersey's really expensive. Where the hell are you throwing it? Just don't buy it in the first place if you want to really send a message. Don't throw them back the goods you've already paid for, you plonker. Just, but anyway, but it's just, I just, I just don't get it as a, as a thing. But, but I do, I just feel like, you know, just to kind of reiterate JP's point from a few episodes ago, I feel like what makes the Canadians unique, uh, what, 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 what makes the Habs who they are 
that passion, that drive, that like Habs or die mentality is also potentially its own downfall. So its own Achilles heel because the pressure that's put on these teams, like if you're going to rebuild, like heads up Canadians fans out there, if you're going to rebuild for two or three years, you're going to be crap, right? You're going to be really crap. Not maybe kind of uber, uber crap, like worst ever, but you are going to be good. Like, and the Rangers had to put up with that as well. You know, they were crap for those years. Not maybe as bad as as what we've seen in Buffalo or what we see obviously in Arizona and other places over the years. But it's you if you're gonna rebuild, you have to go into it with with both, you know, jump in with both feet. You can't dip your toe in there's no such thing as this whole uh, just a reboot. It just doesn't work. I've I've just not seen it it actually uh, pay off. But um do you think that them hiring Jeff Gorton, and this is maybe uh, a very biased question to ask yourself, Max, <laughs> given uh, given your background and obviously you know you are a Habs fan as well. But the Canadians have tended to hire players, people from a from a French background. Do you see that changing at all? I know it's part of the culture, so I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Before people hate us on this podcast, but. Um, but do you think now it's more a case of getting the right person, regardless to whether or not their name might be Smith? All right. So I, I got a pretty good opinion on this, okay? Because, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. I, I am from Quebec. I am not from Canada. This, this is this is really like uh, my Quebec. Um, I, I am from Quebec. I, I, I love Quebec. And I do think that uh, historically, you know, uh, the Montreal Canadian organization, uh, the Montreal Canadians organization needed to be um, to be managed by some kind of uh, bilingual, uh, bilinguish uh, mm. guy. Mm-hmm. But yeah. in my opinion, in the league in 2021, 2022, soon, um, it's it's really about taking the best guy, the best guy available. You know, because right now for the GM, they are thinking about Patrick Roy. Saw so that, yeah, it's, yeah, they, yeah. They are thinking about Patrick Roy. They are thinking about Mathieu Darche. But in my opinion, there's there's a lot of bo- of better uh, candidates, but they don't speak French, and I find it so dumb that we don't take them because they speak French. But <laughs> at the same time, if they if they were to be only speaking in English, the fan base will go crazy. The news will go crazy. So they kind of <laughs> have to do it, and. I don't see it changing in the in a, in the soon future, so yeah, it, mm. it will it, it we will we will always have uh, bilingual. And uh, what is uh, what is talked about right now is that Jeff Gordon is our true GM right now, and he will just hire a dude that is speaking French to kind of, to, to kind of act like a puppet for him <laughs> to be the mouthpiece. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. For for me, this this is so this is so crazy. This is just like about a language. And uh, yeah. even even my even if my Quebec roots are really strong, I do think this is really dumb, really dumb, and it it, it is stopping us from taking the best candidates and having a good uh, committee to uh, take decisions hockey related. Mm. Yeah, it's um it's interesting, and it's probably because maybe because the NHL is a you know a North American league, and because you know it's um you know, it's maybe perhaps not as multicultural as some sports, but if you compare it to soccer, for instance, 
I mean, my gosh, like talk about international sport. Like you'll have coaches get hired who have to have a translator, right? Like, you know, and the fans are like, oh, he's an amazing coach, you know, bring him in. Uh, And then he's got a translator there with him at all the press conferences, right? Because, (laughs) you know, but obviously soccer is, you know, a a totally global sport where hockey is perhaps slightly more niche than soccer, but yeah, it's just a, it's really just a way of thinking, isn't it? Cause in soccer, nobody would bat an eye at that, but, um, slightly different situation, right? I get that. Um, I get sort of the cultural roots of the sport and, um, but yeah, I'm with you there. It's like, if he, if it, if it brings victory, would it be worth it? You know? Yeah. I, I, w- I would be much happier if, if, if there was victory, if it was bringing victory yeah. because, you know, um, it, I think it was a couple of years ago. Uh, it was Randy Cunningham. They put him as the interim head coach, and it was talking about him in the news every day. And I find it crazy. Like I think it's a history problem because you know in Quebec we had a lot of problems with uh, uh, English and the, the other province, uh, especially because of no, it's it, it's it's all about a, a big histor- historic problems that goes in the in the in the seventies and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. but. I don't think we were in 2020 around right now. Can we just move on from this? Mm. Right. And it's all about the language. And uh, they, they are just fighting because, you know, we're we're the only for French province in Canada. So it's all about fighting for the language and keeping the, the French in front. But once again, I'm going to repeat myself. I find it so dumb. I find it so dumb. I, I just, I personally just want my team to win. Right. Mm. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, there we look, I, there's no more question from my side. I think we've probably covered everything um, that, that, I, that I wanted to, to bring up. It's some really great points that you've raised there, Max and, and JP. Uh, I, I agree with you. I, I don't think they're going to change their preference for, for French speaking, uh, uh, backroom staff so I, I, I think it, I would be very shocked to see a GM hired who isn't either French speaking or just uh, you know well, they, they already said it they already said it in the, when Bergevin was a fire they, they already said oh the next GM is going to speak French too yeah <laughs> so <laughs> I just but That's yeah like you said I mean I, I will be open and say because JP you actually raised a really good point and maybe it's because of the uh, I would say football, but the soccer background that I that I know, uh, you know, having different speaking coaches and players with translators is is so common to see a team in 2021 that won't hire a coach or a coach. I won't hire a GM because they don't potentially speak a language. It just seems a bit crazy, but there's always a lot of you know things that seem crazy will always seem crazy if you don't know the background and have the same kind of drivers for it. So I can understand why maybe it's still going to be there. Um, but like you said, as of today, they've got Jeff Gorton in. If Jeff Gorton manages to uh, to, pull, to pull off a another kind of New York Rangers-style rebuild, we might have to call him the rebuild whisperer going forward because uh, I think he's got a hell of a job on his hands, uh, arguably a harder job with the Canadians than what he, what he had with the Rangers because of where you are with contracts and expectations. You know, there was a letter obviously that went to the fans for the Rangers. It'd be interesting to see whether they do that again here. Big pressure on his shoulders right now. Big pressure. Um, 
I'm, I'm sure he's being well remunerated for his tro- <laughs> trouble, <Yeah>. so we <laughs> won't feel too sorry, too sorry for Jeff. I mean, no, look, it's good to cover the Canadians today. We'll see how they get on. Um, if there's any Canadians fans are listening, then uh, and then obviously do feel free to to get in touch and give your thoughts on everything that we've we've said. Whether you think they're going to press the rebuild button, and if you do, what they should do. And if there are any, if there's any Montreal Canadiens fan, good luck, <laughs> and we're all in this together. All right. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, look, you can you can start some kind of self help group. <laughs> uh, Max for, for Canadians fans to a support you know, line, yeah. Stand up and say hi. Uh, hi, my, my name's Jeff, and I'm a Canadians fan. Um, so twenty four seven, I can help you guys with your problems. Yeah, I love that. Um, but what would help them more, Max, is if is if they used our mailbag feature, which is on our website, which is yes. defensivezone.com. Um, so it would be good if they did that as well. But we, I tell you what, I know we've been talking Canadians today, but we're going to see a few more of these specials over the next couple of weeks. Um, so we're going to be doing, we're going to have a guy on called Dom. So hopefully some of you long-term listeners uh, remember Dom. Um, and by the way, shout out to all the listeners. It's fantastic. We're, as I said, we're seeing new listeners join and start following the podcast every week, which is great. So hello to the newbies. And we love you to the uh, to the I would say the oldies, the regulars, um, and <laughs> otherwise people will take offence. <laughs> um, but we've got Dom coming on to talk about everything New Jersey Devils, uh, including the infamous Jersey Jersey, uh, and uh, we've also got a an interview lined up with a Seattle Kraken fan from Scotland. Um, so I'll be dusting off my best Braveheart impressions, ready for that one. Uh, and we'll get to hear everything about the Climate Pledge Arena and his journey over to uh, over to the US to see them play live. So we've got some pretty cool stuff lined up before Christmas, which isn't too far away, I might add. We're only a couple of weeks now. I don't know if... Have you, have you two both got advent calendars? Or have you, have you, do you do that sort of thing? Is the elves on shelves? Is that or what level are we taking it to? Yeah, we're, so. we're pretty laid back about Christmas in my household. I always enjoy it. There's Christmas decorations, but uh, we're not we're not uh, hardcore in that regard. But uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. always enjoy Christmas. It's one of my favorite times of year. So I had the classic. Um, I, I got the Christmas lights out today. Uh, we've already done the tree and everything internally. I say we. What I mean by we is that my wife did all that, and right, uh, yeah, my, yeah. my my job is the, my my job's the man job is to get it from the loft, carry it down right. the stairs, and put it down and say, "There you go, that's Just my contribution." <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm not allowed near the tree until it's finished. Right, um, but right. I, I took the lights outside, and it's that classic where they've been like rolled up for the whole year. So you get them out, and you think, "Oh God!" As you then have to pull them apart piece by piece. And, Yes, the process. But. The Christmas light untangle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a nightmare, nightmare. But hey, look, as I said, we're getting close to Christmas, which is good. Um, so so there we go. So that's the next couple of weeks for you. And, and look, we will cover, obviously, whatever news falls out from the league uh, on those weeks as well. So thank you very much for listening. As I say, do get in, you know, do get in touch with the show. Do check out our website. And if you are listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure you click that subscribe or follow button uh, so that you don't miss any of our episodes. We drop an episode every week, normally about 3 o'clock on a, on a Monday after, afternoon if you're in the UK 
or around 9 a.m. if you're in the U.S. or Canada. So um, thanks for listening. It's been great chatting, ch- chatting even with my hockey heroes. I'm going to go take these tensions out <laughs> and uh, everyone else stay safe. We'll see you next week. All right, thanks. Bye-bye.